Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from a particular moment in their life. Uh, On the show, we talked to our guest uh, as much about what made playing that game special and memorable as we will get into the context of how and when they had this meaningful time with it in the first place. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that anything that my guests or I share on the podcast, the stuff that we plug that you, the listener, are just rabid about finding. You're like, oh, he's got more podcasts. I want to find that. The guest has social media. I want to find that. Uh, I will have links in the show notes. So if you're watching this uh, on YouTube, there's going to be links there. If you're listening to this in your favorite podcast app, there's also links there as well. Uh, and for us, myself, um, yeah, if you don't already, if you're listening on uh, a podcast app and you don't follow us on YouTube, uh, check us out on our channel where you can see my guests and myself all looking so gorgeous and handsome. Uh, there's physical comedy that that we do occasionally that you just don't want to miss on the video form. And then if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Uh, like and subscribe if you don't mind. And then if you'd rather check us out in the podcast app, uh, truly wherever you get your shows, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, which is about to go defunct, uh, we're there. Uh, and then lastly, uh, is that if you're listening to the show and you want to support it, uh, the most helpful way you can do that is by checking us out on Patreon. Uh, we have a ton of bonus content on Patreon. And if you're not sure what that is, it's a platform where creators uh, basically host additional content uh, that you pay for. Uh, but it is uh, as low as a dollar a month you can get in to support us. So if you're like, hey, I don't have that kind of money, for a dollar a month, you still get bonus legacy podcasts in our back catalog and way more after that. And if you're a Mass Effect fan, uh, we're going through the original game currently uh, on our Games Club feed. It comes out every Friday. That's for the $5 DJ Toads and above. But yeah, anyway, again, if you like me and you want to hear more podcasts, uh, there's a ton of great video game stuff for you on Patreon in the link below. Uh, That'll do it for the housekeeping. And I'll finally introduce our guests for today's episode. So please welcome improviser, actor, and bird hero, Lauren Griggs. Hi, hello. Thank you for having me on, Connor. It's great to see you. You know what? It's Uh, excellent to see you, pal. How are you? Thanks, man. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing very good. I've had a good bird day. I've had a good bird week. You were were telling me this a little... I mean, you you gave... I I don't know if I would call it a tease, but you gave... You, like, wet my whistle? I don't know. You got me excited about it. And you were telling me this. Well, first of all, will you maybe tell the listener a bit about your endeavors and also why it's been a good bird week for you? Uh, my endeavors. Let's see. Where could you find me? Boy, you could find you could probably find me at Sepulveda Basin up in the up in the San Fernando <laughs> Valley. Uh, you could find me up there looking around uh, for little guys. The Silver Lake Meadow. Oh, That's another great place to go spot? to. 
Very, very hot okay. spot. Yeah, very, very hot spot. Um, especially between the hour of like nine and ten, weirdly, which is like very, very interesting uh, huh. to think to say. But um, yeah, uh, you can check me out there. Uh, I do some photography as well of birds, uh, some of which is behind me now. Uh, you can find all of that other stuff and me just um, kind of uh, generally um, being a you know a bird what would you call yourself are you a bird enthusiast uh a bird supporter i called you a bird hero but for the listener i i mean listen i uh, birds need heroes first of all there's they are really really not doing so hot with our (laughs) with our climate so they need Mm -hmm. they truly do need a hero uh so if you could be a bird hero you could always uh, make a donation or uh certainly uh uh uh, join up with a local uh place and go maybe do some planting do some native planting someplace uh but um, what was your question? I totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> well, I love the train you went on. I was asking, how would you describe yourself uh, as, you know, I was I threw up a couple of titles bird wise. And we haven't even gotten to the improv and the acting. But bird wise, would you say you're an enthusiast or how would you describe it? Uh, I'm definitely an enthusiast. Um, my my thing is photography, especially mm. um, in trying to figure out like the best way to to photograph them. Um, I guess I just uh, you know I'm biased, obviously, but like I think it's like one of the harder things to photograph because like they're just you have to work with them and they are so active, yeah, or small or uncooperative or and there's just so much that can go wrong that like that real that rush of like getting the perfect shot um i guess it's like hunting in a way which you know it's it's just like the bird doesn't like the animal doesn't die with with me yes uh, unless uh unless i hit it with my car but um <laughs> they have uh um it's just really hard to do you know like it's yeah. it's uh it's uh it's hard to do but um you know as much as you can do uh i certainly uh you could definitely donate and, and <laughs> make sure that we make sure that we keep uh, uh, commercial development to uh, you know to a minimum and uh, yeah, good uh, or at us, least right? y- yeah I know right and, <laughs> and at least make sure that um, any landscaping is done with uh, native uh, native plants because native bugs bring native birds and there you go mm. dang I mean one of the you, you you were talking about your photography and I'm, one of the benefits of watching on YouTube is you're seeing I'm seeing some gorgeous photos behind you uh thank you and and i'm sorry for immediately making this all about the birds uh but what i will say is that i feel like you would have been such a kindred spirit of my grandfather's because my grandfather loved birds he was he would paint birds so he was like quite an incredible uh artist of many types uh musician painter uh anything He, he was really skilled at like he didn't grow obviously grow up with computers, but when my family got my grandparents a computer, he like made the most gorgeous Microsoft paint art you could ever see, often of birds. Whoa. Yeah. Um the next time I'm at my parents' house, I need to send you some photos of just some like uh paintings and stuff he's done. Cause I feel like it's it's very similar. You're both capturing an essence of like the beauty of these creatures. Please do that. I mean, he sounds he sounds wonderful. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I I have a uh, um, uh, a great aunt who went to the Galapagos Islands in like the sixties, oh. maybe maybe even before that, and um, she got a picture of a blue footed booby that is like spectacular. It is like just the, beautiful. It's like, 
yeah, it's like lived in our in our like family. I don't know, sort of uh, oeuvre. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess uh, for for a long long time. Dang, that's really yeah. cool. Wow. Um, well, hey, I've, I've been on the bird topic a lot. Uh, thank you for humoring me. Uh, it pleasure. is something that I do think about when I think of you, especially just like scrolling on social media and seeing like what my friends are up to. Like, it's just, it's one of the more unique hobbies that anybody has that I know. But you have more going on than that. I know you, like I know the majority of my guests on the show, because we both do improv comedy in Los Angeles. Um, Sad but true. And I've at least known your name. We did a little digging before the pod. I've at least known your name since 2016, so eight years at this point, which is bonkers. But I want to say that I started seeing you around more in like 2017 into 2018 when we were both doing a ton of indie improv. Yes, and we were doing it. T- we were doing it uh, together. We for a brief moment before, before the mm. uh, the the pandemic, weren't we? Uh, weren't we uh, uh, hosting the same show? <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, because you you also you jumped aboard to host Tuesday Night Thunder before, yeah. like in the time leading up to the pandemic when I was about out, but you had been doing it with us for a few months at least, right? Yeah, I I really only got maybe like a few a few months in. Yes, um, but it was at that time where I was like hosting like three or four shows. Yes, at the at, you know throughout the throughout the area, and then like you know was weirdly in a show at the Inner Sanctum, yes. uh, UCB uh, Sunset, and um, you know truly just getting burnt out and not really <laughs> and not really knowing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, oh I had something to say about. Oh well, you you brought up you brought up uh, Tuesday Night Thunder. Yes, uh, I still have access to that Facebook page no as an way. admin, and I'll I'll every now and then I will fl- I will switch over on there, and I will find all of the people that are still liking that page uh, from all over the world. Who knows? Couldn't m- might not even be might not even be real people. Truly, that's so funny. Uh, it's the strangest thing. I um, I wonder if that's like a Facebook thing specifically because I, I I'm a hero out there and. I no longer have Facebook, but I do have okay. you know every other social media imaginable. Um, but I so I don't have access to it anymore myself. But I was listening to I don't know if you listen to Get Played, which Matt hosts with uh, Nick Weiger. And I'm Darren familiar. Campbell. I am um, familiar and a fan. Just the of other day, uh, of all three of them, is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was listening to a recent episode, and Nick was talking about how they the Facebook group that they had for their old UCB team the last day of school just had like millions of people who liked it and then they finally figured out that it was like a bunch of like junior high and elementary school kids who just love the concept of the last day of school which that's (laughs) makes so much sense and I'm like oh I would also feel that way if I were still in school because what's better than that yeah, that really reminds me of, uh, uh, I mean, like when Facebook was like first started, like I got my first Facebook account in 2005 and like when we were doing, it, like that was back when like it was just colleges, you know? Yes. And uh, uh, the concept of groups came about and like they just oh, had like yeah. all of these like weird local groups that they had and we all had like, uh, we all had like, I remember the, the, my favorite one was uh, called Easy Mac, not so easy. <laughs> no way. Easy Mac, Maybe. not too easy. Not so easy. No, oh. turns out not so easy. That was my favorite Gosh. one. Uh, we had one about the squirrels on our campus called um, Squirrels Are Crazy. That 
I swear I've heard someone tell a similar thing because I think, gosh, what was <laughs> up with Facebook Facebook groups? What a phenomenon. You're you're bringing me back to ones that we had on our college campus as well. That's so funny. Where did you go to school, by the way? Because I know you're uh, from the East Coast, correct? Yes, I'm from Rhode Island originally. I yes. went to college at uh, like a small liberal arts college in New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, so I, I was there for, you know, uh, this we're talking like, yeah, 05 uh, through, I don't know, 08, I guess. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, or through 08, whatever. Just c- kind of curious. It's always fun to just place people in their different areas. Yeah. And so I knew you Very, were... very weird. Sorry. No, I, please. It, uh, no, just very, very weird to be like 2004, especially because uh, obviously election year, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. you know, New Hampshire primary, blah, blah, blah. Very, very weird to discover how truly cursed and weird uh, being in a state that is a primary state or a caucus state yeah. at, in, during an election. Uh, look bet, no further than New Hampshire. The vibes are just off, I'm sure. The weirdest, the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest people, the weirdest people coming in and out. Um and, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just a real, it was a real snapshot in time. I bet. Goodness. Yeah. Um, I've gotten us like a little off track here, but I love going off the beaten path and talking about details. So like that's just expect that to be a part of the show. But um, getting back to how we know each other, you're a fantastic improviser. You, I don't Thank know you. if you host any shows currently, but you used to be a prolific host. Kaleidoscope. Uh, uh, what was the, yeah. there was, what was the one that you all used to do on Tuesdays as well? It was Minor League Herald Night. Minor League Herald Night. Yeah. Yes. Also sort of a rotating cast of hosts right. on that one. Right. Right. Yes. And Kaleidoscope too. Yeah. Rotating cast. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember what else. What uh, I, I'm sure there's maybe Whatever some... the Sanctum one was. Um, oh, yeah. That was uh, The Experiments. Shout out to uh, uh, Corey and uh, Jay-Z and yes. Skyler and, and Ella and all those all those folks. I mean, that was, that was a real... That was a real blast. I was not. I wasn't. I was like a. Um, uh, I was the musician for that. So I would. That's I right. would Be the one that would just like yes. make weird music on my iPad. I, and- I think Skyler. Skyler came on the show last year, and I think Skyler reminded me that that existed. It's kind. Of, sometimes talking about all the improv shows in town is like being reminded that someone existed in your high school. I'm like, oh, I haven't even. That person was out of my mind for. 15 years at this point, and now I yeah. remember everything about them. Uh, yeah. So familiar, but you're so funny. You're so good at what you do. You're also currently on a Lloyd team right now. Do you want to talk about your team at all? Oh, uh, no. I hate them. <laughs> I hate these people. Uh, we're almost done, and uh, my God, it's been a nightmare. Good uh, no, uh, Including yeah, good former riddance. guests of the show who are on that team. <laughs> uh no uh sorry i'm in london we are called uh we've got i believe two shows left at least yeah um now at ucb uh ucb franklin um they're just a d- delightful delightful group of people just you know i mean this experience has been i told myself i, I so during the pandemic i told myself that i wasn't really going to do any more improv because you know i didn't I, I didn't love the way that it was making me feel yeah. uh and you know i, a lot I mean of people I was, had a similar sort of experience once the yeah. pandemic hit yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you're almost like sort of forced to reconcile like with, like with with that, and then once it's taken away from you, you kind of maybe see the grass uh, be a little greener. But yes. Um, turns out all I really needed to do was just uh, get on antidepressants. <laughs> yeah, that did it for so you. So I did that. I did that, <laughs> and 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 I'm and uh, uh, I'm funnier than ever. It oh. turns out. Uh, no, no. I mean, uh, you know, 
<laughs> yes, I needed to get on antidepressants, but <laughs> uh, uh, the two aren't exact, aren't like uh, completely linked. But as you were saying, yeah, yeah, they're definitely yeah. That is truly the circle of the Venn diagram. But um, yes, uh, we're just uh, just a lot of fun. Uh, they're just the nicest people, and the whole experience has uh, uh, been about as great as uh, you can imagine. And That's um, cool. you know, it's it will be ending soon, tragically. But um, you know, whatever happens after after that is yeah. going to be very fun. But uh, finally, at least I could say that uh, I was there. Yes, you totally. know, I remember. Not to, I don't know. Uh, I remember messaging you after you had gotten on, and I was like, "Dude, this is so cool! Congratulations!" Uh, and I think what you told me, and and you can tell me to take this part out. I think what you said was like, "Yeah, I never thought that would happen." I never truly thought it would happen. I thought, I you, you know, and again, this sort of goes back to like the mental health aspect of everything. But like, I had that thought in my head that like. Oh, uh, you know, everybody's just like pretending to like you, you know, like everybody's just like pretending to think that you're <laughs> oh, funny yep. and they're just sort of tolerating you. And in the background, everybody has the same opinion. This is my biggest fear. We're going to yeah. just get into this. Uh, 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 that like my um, everybody has the same opinion of you yeah. and they all commonly think about it. Right. Yes. And they all and agree. About it. They all agree that you are this type of person, but you are the last one to know it. You were the Gosh. last person to know that everybody feels that way. And that was what I, you know, for, mm. for a hot second, uh, that was what I was, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I feel like that's like probably something that everybody I, goes through. I was going to say, it feels really common. And I don't know, there's this, this has come up on the show before because, you know, being that I am an improviser and that the majority of my guests are, even though this is a video game show, it always comes up. Uh, and it's just one of those things that like, it's a reminder that there are so many there's it's always so fun to be able to celebrate the people who actually get that shot like yourself get a chance or who they're like oh like i love fernanda perez and she's on too and yeah she like but there's also plenty of amazing people that never get a shot at all and so mm-hmm. i i always i understand every time someone's like i never th- thought that this was possible that I would get a shot to be on even a seasonal team Um, because there are so many great people. Even when I got like my big takeaway from getting on Herald night the year that I did was like, oh, I this could have happened the year before. I also could have never sniffed it. Um, And there's plenty of amazing people who I who just like don't even get callbacks who like Mm -hmm. could show up and be amazing on this. So um Sorry to make us dig into that a little bit. Were you going to say something else? No, I mean, I would. T- to your point, I mean, like similarly, when you, when you, you know, when you got on Herald Night, it was it for you know. I've always thought of you as like one of the people to like hold a standard to, you know, <laughs> because you're so kind. You're you were always so welcoming. Um, you were always so excited to like have new people come in and like ha- and not necessarily have the same old folks. Mm-hmm. Always, always back and keep it sort of like an insular thing. You were always, always, always. One of the one of the, uh, the 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 most warmest people that that we have, you know. Um, so I would always like think at the back of my mind. I would always, I, I've never told you this, but I I've always thought like I would always look at Connor and be like, you know what, that's the if like if, if like somebody just moved to Los Angeles and yeah. like wanted to get into like this whole thing, and they you know, and I told them no, don't do it, but they did it anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I would I would point I would point at 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 Connor McCabe and I would say I would I would say that 
that's the person that that you that sets the model for like how to at least just be a person, a person <laughs> that is you. here. Well, it's true. Uh, so what I'm saying is that it's really your fault. Well, great. You know, it is my fault for sure. I have poisoned your and many people's brains. Uh, but yeah, that's really true. nice to hear. And also, I've got the clip I need. So I can, if anyone ever says anything bad about me or brings up the actual awful things I've done in my life, I can just point him to this clip that I'm going to take from this episode. Well, to that I say, AI, do your worst. Let's go. <laughs> do your thing, um, baby. Uh, is there anything else, Loring, about yourself outside of, you know, improv that you'd like to share with the listener? I know you're an actor, too. And if not, we can move on to game stuff. But I wanted to open it to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm I one of those guys that, like, pops into things from time to time. Uh, you know, if you ever need just, like, a big dude that looks like he got his hand stuck in a vending machine, uh, <laughs> that's me. Uh, you know, if you ever need... Uh, um, I don't know, like the struggling, uh, the struggling IT guy who just got like a blast of toner like into his face. Uh, uh, that's true. You know, sign me up. Um, that's uh, that's basically it. I mean, cool. yeah, awesome. Well, I we'll circle back to this stuff at the very end of the podcast as well. So if there's any additional things you want to plug, whether it shows social media, what have you, we'll do that. But thank you for sharing about yourself. Uh, we pretty soon are going to get into your general general history with games, but before we do, will you please introduce what you've brought on today and call me by your game? Oh boy! Well, Connor, my game is called Total Annihilation. Yes, I cannot wait. A game I'll tell you, never heard of before you brought it up to me. But I had a feeling. I did did my research for this episode. And I'm very excited to talk to you about it for many reasons. There's a couple of like things I care like video. Uh, I won't, I'm not going to get into it, but I'll, I'll tell you when we get there. I'm so excited to hear about Total Annihilation. Um, but let's start at the beginning. Um, I don't know much about your history with games. How like when did you first take an interest in them in your life? Was it as a kid? Was it as an adult? Uh, my my mother was a teacher, and she uh, growing up she had an Apple II GS in her classroom that oh. she would be allowed to bring home every summer. So when summer came around, it was Apple II GS season, and when it was Apple okay. II GS season, it was Oregon Trail season, and it Ooh. was Reader Rabbit season, and it was. Uh, Did you ever like, do math blaster? Did they have that on that, or is that? Afterwards, there may have been there. Oh, there was Math Rabbit. There was Reader Rabbit, um, and uh, uh, what else? Oh, Oregon Trail. Those were my those were my big three, mm. I think. And then there were probably just a few others that I um, that were in the rotation that I just couldn't understand. Sure, yeah. Uh, so that was my thing. Um, didn't have uh, uh, so because of that, we never had a Nintendo. I never had a gaming system growing yeah. up. My neighbor next door had uh, a Super Nintendo, and I would play Super Mario World, oh. and I would play Joe and Mac, which was, if you're familiar with Joe uh-huh. and Mac, is the caveman, basically the caveman knockoff of uh, of Super uh, of Super Mario yes. World. And has recently been uh, re-released, um, I believe, on oh, like is it on, on the- a bunch of different bunch of different platforms. I know it's on the PlayStation, and it literally is just a. It's the same exact game, same exact levels, enemies, everything. It's just like it's just like you know redone. Yes, I the- think I've seen it on the. It might be on the Nintendo Switch Online app for the Super Nintendo. Like that okay. might be one that's included on there. I want to say it's on the PlayStation Store. That's where I saw it, or 
Maybe not, but okay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If that is the case, but shout out to them. Uh, the noises that the that the uh, uh, enemies make <laughs> delightful. I, I I think any anybody who knows the sound oh what will know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you won't forget it. You can't get it out of your brain, folks. You never uh, forget your first awa. You you, uh, you certainly don't. Let me tell you. Did you you said this was a neighbor whose house you were yeah. going to? Yeah, yeah. It was a neighbor. Uh, yep. Okay, cool. Where did where did things go from here for you? Were you did you continue to go to people's houses? Did you ever get something yourself or continue playing computer games? It was it, it as it turned out when we got the family computer like it like the late 90s or something like that. Um when we finally got on board the uh, World Wide Web. Um <laughs> that was when that was when the whole gaming thing like really kind of took off because I had it all year round. I had access to it all year round and and, and it was a Windows uh, unit as well. Okay. So um you know that kind of really opened the door so now we're talking like doom doom 2 we're talking quake 2 we're talking uh weirdly the beast wars video game which was very not which was not very good like the beast wars transformers uh video game which i never understood and today's game that we're going to discuss as well as a game that i think about all the time SimCity 3000 unlimited (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes yes it, no sounds... no better no better feeling than getting the seaport to uh propagate when all of the conditions were right oh don't even get me uh. started i mean i wish i could go down that yeah. bit train with you but yeah. i like sim this sim city and even the sims franchise i know they're totally different are like yeah. two that i've barely touched i'm assuming this is probably like a sequel to sim city 2000 it is a SimCity. It is a SimCity 2000 sequel, and I believe it is also like an enhanced version of SimCity 3000. Oh, um, I don't know what the difference between 3000 and 3000 Unlimited were. Uh, I wish I could find that out. And also, um, I have a Mac, and I have tried very, <laughs> very, very hard to find a, a port or a ROM or an emulator. Yes, of SimCity 3000 for the Mac specifically, and. To my knowledge, it does not exist. Yeah, it does not exist. It is tragic, and I, I'm, uh, mm. I really, really bemoan that loss. That's tough. That's there's. I found I went through a streak in 2020 where I was trying to emulate old computer games I had as well, and like I've successfully emulated old console games like the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy Advance Sonics before. And, yeah. But I've always had trouble with PC stuff. Then again, I didn't – I spent like a hard week on it or maybe like two or three days if I'm being honest. Uh, but I also had trouble with that. I'm sorry. Uh, what do you remember <laughs> enjoying about this game? About SimCity? Yeah. Uh, mostly because like when I would when I would stay home from school sick, it would be something that I could just sort of like veg out and do all day. Oh. And I learned – I mean it really – ultimately I think looking back, it – really taught me like city planning and civics and design Interesting. and like uh you know how to how to make things nice but like maybe not too nice you know you're, yeah. you're that kind of like that push and pull of like what makes what what is vital for like a local economy i guess to uh um to thrive and yeah. you're taking and you're sort of i'm sort of like retconning in like my own my own little like Sort of like a little social studies lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Definitely that. Um, That's really cool. And plus, like, yeah, it just... Also, like, when you are starting out with a plot of land that looks, you know, that was totally randomly generated, I mean, that comes with its own 
um, features and, and in some cases like uh, uh, you know detractors that would uh-huh. maybe make it difficult that effect like let's see if I can build a city with like a giant mountain in the middle yeah you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> that's so fun um so I I Scott Theed came on a while back and because we're this is I haven't said it on the show and I've got it I've got it labeled wrong I realize on the Twitch but it'll be right on the YouTube video this is episode 199 so we are coming up so I've done a lot of these podcasts with people talk to a lot of people so if i if the listener or you were like this guy keeps being like when i talk to this person uh i'm very much peter griffin i'm realizing on this episode that reminds me well you're me making me fe- you're making me feel at home as a rhode islander i mean i don't like to talk about my ex like that but <laughs> but you know me and peter we go way back this checks out uh so much and i totally see it now um yeah. i it's pretty good uh i see you never dropped that um scott Thede came on Years ago at this point and talked about City Skylines. Uh, I don't know if you're oh, familiar yeah. with that series. He uh, – the way you're talking about SimCity 3000 uh, is the way he talks about that and the things he enjoyed is what you're expressing here. It definitely was formative. I mean it wasn't <clears> – because <throat> like I had – this was also like thrown in the mix of the game that we're talking about today and Doom and like uh, Carmageddon. I had like the – I had the um, – uh, 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 the demo disc for Carmageddon. Oh. Uh, so like you had that like that boy thing of like we gotta like shoot everything, you know, we gotta yes. do this and that. You definitely had that, but then you also had like the uh, the the quiet, smart, uh, you know, nerdy kid. Yes, games I'm like thoughtful. That. Oh yes, it was a very much like I guess it was my version of like combing on a Zen garden or something, oh, you know? sure, <laughs> or like or yeah. like clipping a bonsai tree. It was definitely it definitely has that effect. That's that's really cool. Uh, I would love to hear about you know where you went from here with games. Did you continue to play them? Uh, wh- where do we go? I've got specific questions, but I'll just okay. let you take us down the path for a bit. So I play a concerning amount of Destiny Two. Oh, I, I am a day. I am a day one Guardian Titan. Uh, if anybody needs to raid or do any of the dungeons, hit me up. I will take you. I will Sherpa. I'm very happy to do that. Uh, Mm. I also am a big baseball head, as you know. Yes. Um, have a concerning amount of, uh, you know, uh, knowledge of baseball history. So, uh, concerning uh, to some, to me. It's to, to uh, it's just it's a night of trivia. <laughs> yeah, we could truly we could truly make a whole, a whole other podcast where we just name dudes like we yes. just name guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Uh, but as a result of that, I I play I I am a loyal uh, MLB the Show player, and oh. I I I mostly just do the uh, like the franchise aspect of yeah. it, of like finding the real roster, trying to find like the real like all of the real prospects, all the real guys. If they're if they're if they're good, if they're rated well, that's even great. Bring that in, uh, you know, and just start wheeling and dealing and seeing That's, and trying to figure out my way into a championship. I love that. Well, I have like a sort of a well, – I will be giving you three recommendations at the end of the show based on Total Annihilation. But for now, a game I'm going to recommend, and I hope you haven't played it yet, is uh, Super Mega Baseball. I have knew you, you were going to say that. Have you heard – have you dabbled with this at all? Is that the game where you can hit the pitcher in the crotch? Yes, yes. And in the head? Yep. You can the you can best. knock out a pitcher with that. It, the players look funky. This yes. is a game I got your teammate Quinn Boys hooked oh, on a yes, couple years yes. ago. Another another big baseball head. Another another guy to and 
Are you a Red to Sox bounce fan? That off of. I am. Yes. Yeah. So, do you two get along outside of on stage? Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, I. I. It's. It's an awful time to be a Red Sox fan right now. Yes. And I'm sorry. it's also. It's fine. It's truly fine. Uh, I mean, we. We deserve it. Mm-hmm. Frankly, um, and also like you know, I think the things that are plaguing the Red Sox at, uh, in terms of like having a front office that actively hates them is. Um, is pretty part and parcel with all 29 other major league clubs with maybe exception of the Dodgers and the Braves and uh, about maybe about to be even the Baltimore Orioles. Mm -hmm. Um, They're all hamstrung by the same things. And so that, that feeling, uh, you know, of, of just them being like, well, it turns out we have our hands tied behind our back. And uh, by the way, we're the ones that tied them is really, (laughs) really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Yankees fans can they can delude themselves all they want into thinking that they like have a good team, but uh, you know, yeah, they traded for a guy that's really good. Okay, but uh, they need starting pitching too, so we'll see. Somewhere out there, Quinn is like twitching. He's like, someone just said something that I'm gonna have to confront them about. I'm coping. I'm co- I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm coping. This is cope. This is this is grade A cope. I'm I'm very aware uh, of it as well. Um, and also coming uh, off of the Patriots dynasty too. I mean, yes. like truly. Uh, really all I have right now are like the Celtics and the Bruins. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so I will say, you know, I got us off track, but like, <laughs> it seems like you really enjoy, uh, the show. If you ever get sick of it and you want something that's a little less simulation and more between simulation and arcade, I can't speak highly enough. Uh, I only played a super mega baseball three. I, I did not get four, but apparently four is pretty great too. So I've heard it's really good. Um, you can really hear the crotchal you. sounds. You can oh. really hear the. You can really hear the, 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 the fibers. Yeah, the crunch, the the the, the celery snap of of oh. you know getting getting your vest deference just like pummeled by a. <laughs> oh, the sound designers on that game, the foley artists. You yeah, don't yeah. like they really put in the work. <laughs> they really did. They really did, and they're the they're the real heroes here. They are. Um, <laughs> so you're a Destiny head. You were talking about a PlayStation. Uh, do you have a PlayStation Four or Five? What are you playing? What's 5. your console now? I sorry, I asked you that just as you took a, a swig no. of uh, a drink. No, it's my fault. Um, uh, a PlayStation Five. Cool. Very PS5. nice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Well, I was going to ask. You know, you're a Destiny head. You're the show head. Do you keep up with like a lot any of Sony's like first party games? Any of their like prestige titles? Or do you live on your mainstays? I, I live on my mainstays. Um, cool. Mostly because Des- Destiny has really sunk its hooks into me in the sense of like item management and finding the right role of a, mm-hmm. of a weapon or or getting everything per- and, and just going out into the world and kicking ass with it. Um, you know, obviously it's not a perfect game, although there is no such thing. But and certainly right now it's been it's been in a tough spot recently. But nevertheless, I mean, I still at least try to put in like an hour of grinding every day just because that's what makes my brain feel good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just truly you got to feed the beast. You got to smooth. You got to smooth that guy out. I need. I need. I need the sandpaper on my brain for that. You know, it, it, yes. and that's really what does it. Ah, oh, that's fun. I I was talking to someone. We have a like. I I'm. I feel like I've gotten really good on this podcast at weaving in plugs to other stuff on it. So this will be me taking the opportunity to say we have a great Discord for our network of podcasts. Um, I don't know if you're a Discord guy, but I can send you an invite anytime. Please do. I, I I am aware of what Discord is, but I'm I am a big old luddite. I do not know truly how it works. Absolutely, despite no being pressure. in a few Discord servers myself. Yeah, no pressure. But like we were talking about Destiny today because 
on my I do a top ten uh, episode every so often, and I the one before your your episode I had a few previous guests back to list their ten favorite games of all time. Someone's talking about Destiny, and so there's a little bit of Destiny chatter in the in the uh, Discord, and I had um like a brief stint I've talked about it on the show where I played Destiny one, but like four three or four years after it was really popular, I. Mm. It was, like, right before the Nintendo Switch came out in early 2017, I, like, didn't have anything to play. I mean, I did, but a friend lent me a copy on the Xbox 360. I had a great time playing that yeah. game. It was good. That was the That's one great. month I needed it, but it was great. That's great to hear. Yeah. the It's it's fundamentally different from probably – because I, I was a Destiny 1 player i think i was i think i got it yes. the first week that it launched so like i Dang. am truly like a ahead a i'm ahead you know uh what console you did you have that you got it on because i remember it came out for the last gen but also came uh, out for like the newer because the i think the playstation 4 and the xbox one were pretty new at that point i want to say it was playstation 3 okay i could be wrong Gotcha. Um, I was also playing Borderlands at the time too, mm. so I had that. I had that thing of like getting something really cool and then shooting a bunch of like mutants with it, and then seeing the numbers and yes, seeing the numbers yes. like pop up and being <laughs> able to have that feedback of how much damage I'm doing, um, cool. which Destiny still has. And the ways that you can, uh, um, you, the ways that you can inflict that damage on your enemies now is like even crazier uh, uh, than what was in destiny one okay uh, there's almost there is almost a um uh a, like a magic the gathering style or uh, uh effect to it you know with like stacking everything together trying yeah. to figure out exactly how to triangulate all of your damage points into like a singular thing it's being able to switch weapons now and inflict more damage had you not s switched to a weapon before and meanwhile it's the same old rocket launcher or sniper rifle or whatever um that you had been using up to that point wow. it's just yeah it, it's 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 a real it's a real lesson in creating conditions <laughs> yes uh, well, I'm glad to hear that you're, you know, still riding with Destiny 2. I know that, like, the, um, it doesn't have quite the player base that the first game has, but, like, it's, I'm glad to hear that someone is still getting, not that you're the only person, but that someone is no, getting joy yeah. out of it. Yeah, it, my understanding is that, like, the player base has really kind of waxed and waned, um, in the last, in the last few years, and, um, Every time that there's a DLC or an expansion that comes out or a new season that, that arrives, uh, everything spikes and everybody goes yeah. on the grind. And then once they get their thing, they go to someplace else. And yeah. I think that that is a perfectly healthy way to have a relationship with something. Totally. Um, I unfortunately don't have that in me. <laughs> and I, 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 I almost like I have to not be around my console or truly be busy doing something else in order to not at the very least go grind like three or four bounties and then yes. turn them in. Yeah. And just get that little get that little like golden nugget. Yes. Um, this is great. I've got a couple remaining questions for you before we uh head to break. Uh the first question is, um like is there a game that you've seen recently, like whether it's advertisements for or something that like has you curious so that you're like, I wanna give that a shot. It could even be a legacy game. You know, there's there's a new game out right now. I don't know what it, I don't remember what it's called, but it basically seems like it is a Starship Troopers esque game. 
Yes, Helldivers 2. That's what it is. Yes, Helldivers yeah. 2. Yeah, that looks cool. That looks really fun. I've heard some good stuff. I haven't personally played it, um, but I've a lot of people that I follow in the video game industry seem to be having a great time. That's awesome. Also, I've come across on TikTok um, videos of uh, what's the what's that uh, game? I think it's a Steam game uh, where you're going through the hallway and you need to like get to level eight in order to escape, but you need to see what things. I, are, oh, I have no steps idea. Or, eight hallways or something like it's something like that and basically huh. you need it, it's I, I my understanding is that you like have to it's a first person thing and then you have to notice like the differences of the hall between the hallway that you just mm. came from and the hallway that is a repeat of that hallway but this is something slightly different and Weird. if you pass through that hallway thinking that it's the same thing you you reset and you oh. never and it's just an endless loop but you you got to you got to find a way to the end, and, and that's basically it. But it apparently is like it really anxiety inducing. Okay, dang. So like two curiosities for you. That's really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I wish I wish I knew a. I wish I remember what it was called, and also like how I could play it, and if I could even play it on my Mac. But I don't yeah. know if I can. It's a good question. Um, well, thank you for that. The last question I have for you is. Um, from your entire history with games, even from eras maybe we didn't talk about, is there a game or two even that you haven't mentioned from your history that you're like, oh, I've got to shout this out before we move on? Probably. Oh, <laughs> StarCraft. Star oh, StarCraft. I mean, okay, that, that, that is, I mean, it, well, knowing what we know now about the game that we're about to talk about, uh, StarCraft also... Um, uh, Command and Conquer, uh, the Red, the Red War, or whatever it was called, Yuri's yes. Revenge was another one. Uh, it's sort of all the same idea. Um, obviously, we'll get into this more with Total Annihilation, um, and it turns out that Total Annihilation was the seed that sort of stirred the drink here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, shout out to those games too. Um, I think about um, I, I think about not having enough pylons on a, like a crazy <laughs> like uh, basis. Uh, you're a big RTS fan. Do you play any RTS games currently? I don't know, does like Minesweeper count? I don't think I would classify it as one, but I am <laughs> okay. open to I'm open to having my mind changed. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm on a three thousand by three thousand grid of Minesweeper at night uh, <sighs> uh, on my iPad that I've been that I've been working on for a long time, and also in the rotation are Sporkle quizzes where I get to, right. where I get to name baseball guys over and over again. Oh, that's fun. Try to figure out all of the starting lineups for every MLB All Star game from yes. like 1950 on to like today. Lauren, all of that the starting is, pitchers. That tickles my fancy right there. Oh, buddy, I I just I mean. Okay, I'm, you, I'm gonna pop quiz for you. I'm gonna. Okay, think, great. Let's do it. Okay. 2001. Okay. Uh, National League All Star team. Can you name okay. the star? Because I think I can name all of the starters on that particular team. Okay. Um, I have to see. I'd have to see who, who they. I'll I'll, I'll start jogging your memory by saying yeah. that it was the game was played in Seattle. Um, yeah, and okay. all right. So this is not in the National League. This is really fun for the people who came for the. Uh, we do baseball. I've done plenty of baseball episodes actually, sure. so this isn't that far off the beaten path. Ichiro was a rookie. Albert sure. Pujols was a rookie. Neither right. on the NL starting team, of course. Um, right. 
a couple of home run chasers were on the starting lineup. Okay, well, we probably had Barry Bonds, I'm assuming. We did, um, yes. Now, uh, fresh off, of, I think that was his MVP season. Wasn't Jeff Kent in there, too? Or Jeff was Kent the... was starting at second base. Okay, so, uh, okay, so starting second. I'll tell you, there's a third giant, actually. Was it Rich Aurelia? Rich Aurelia starting at shortstop. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Rich Aurelia. Yeah, I mean, yes. great. What a what a great table setter too. Uh, yes, and, uh, absolutely. I, I believe he got like some of the most played appearances from the from the two spot of the batting lineup from uh, from like the year two thousand onward. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He. Yeah. Yeah, that was man. That was such a great chase. I remember watching Barry Bonds. I remember. I remember when he hit. When he hit. Uh, oh, I want to say it was off of Matt. Uh, no, the tying home run was off of Matt Chico, I believe. In and like the, Houston, right? Uh no, it was it was it was Washington D.C. It was against the Nationals because Matt Chico was up for I believe a cup of coffee at the time. Oh, was this the the uh, all time record? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, yes. What was that like? Two thousand six or something like that. I think it um, was two thousand seven. I want to say. Okay. Sure. And then because makes... I I thought you were talking about the like the single season chase in two thousand one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, um. Fun fact for you. Uh, I'll brag about this anytime I can. I was at the game where he hit 71 and 72 against the Dodgers. Oh, wow. I'm like really? two, rows, two rows behind the Dodgers dugout, the only unhappy person in the building because I was a big McGuire fan. Sure. Yes. Sure. And so, of course, I'm like, it's not fair. And it's like, eh, yeah. Big Mac uh, kind of cheated too so yeah i mean yeah. we all knew what was going on also i mean also mark mcguire was like he was basically done at that point right if i remember correctly that was his last year and he was like barely yeah. playing yeah. yeah yeah um uh loring uh thank you for talking to me at least a little bit about your history with video games and also like starting to go down like baseball rabbit holes and reader rabbit holes um we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break <laughs> And when we come back, we'll talk about all things Total Annihilation. So I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Connor McCabe here. And I'm, of course, here with our guest for today's episode, Loring Griggs. Loring, welcome back. Thank you. Here we are, finally getting into the main event a little bit. Uh, today, you've brought on the game Total Annihilation. Um, before we get into your personal history with it, I'm going to do a little table setting uh, on what this game is. And like I said before we started rolling, if you want to jump in anytime to add on some detail or to share an important fact, you got the green light. Great. Like I'm excited to hear what you what you dug up because it, it might there's probably a lot that might be memory hold um, or yeah plainly stuff that I I don't know about. Yes, I've got so the we'll see too because I got a couple of really fun facts uh, at the very end of the show as well. Um, okay. But anyway, here I go. Total Annihilation is a real time strategy video game created by Cave Dog Entertainment, which I'll tell you, Loring didn't even know that existed. Mm -hmm. Both of my facts are about this studio because it's okay. the only game they ever made. Yeah, yeah, pretty for the most part, yeah. And I'm really excited. So this was a subdivision of one of my favorite studios ever, Humongous Entertainment. Yes, it was. Um, now everyone, people who listen to the show or watch me stream know that I'm a huge fan of the Backyard Baseball series, uh, and that was a spinoff as well. 
uh, of the Humongous Sports series. This was a company started by Ron Gilbert, who made his name uh, at LucasArts as a point-and-click adventure whiz on, like, the Monkey Island series. Do you ever play any of those games? Or, like, mm-hmm. the Humong- like Freddy Fish or Putt-Putt? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, anyway, he ended up starting this company, uh, Humongous Entertainment. Cave Dog Entertainment was a spinoff as well. Uh, the game itself was released in September 1997 by GT Interactive for Microsoft Windows and Mac OS. Uh, They also had two expansion packs that were released, The Core Contingency uh, in April 1998 and Battle Tactics on July 20th. Um, uh, Now, uh, in July... uh, So eventually, you know, the studio would close, and like a lot of stuff at Humongous Entertainment, um, there was... uh, like the companies were bought by Atari eventually. And so like, I think Atari, well, sorry, Atari had the rights to, to the games and then war gaming, which is a company bought the franchise. I don't know if they've made a game since then, but there was a spiritual successor to total annihilation called Supreme commander. Do you know about this? No, I thought you were going to mention there was a um, there was like a spinoff um, or uh, of Total Annihilation, but it yes. was more of like a bow and arrow style type of thing. Um, it was yeah, more, more of like a um, like a Warcraft to Starcraft uh, uh, sort of vibe. Yes, I I I mean it's it's very possible that they did come out with that. I, it just didn't have anything on the the deep research that I did on okay. Wikipedia. If you've ever heard uh, of it, um, I, yeah, I think I think I sit on the board there actually. So. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, there. do you have other details about uh, Total Annihilation before we get into your personal history that you want to include, whether it's how the game worked or uh, any specific like uh, setting that you want to include? Well, I mostly played on skirmish mode, which was like a really kind of just starting starting from the ground up um, with uh, with the you know the commander. Yes. Who who was like the guy and if, and basically the object was, you know, you build you amass this entire army, this entire base, you have to um, uh, do resource management, you have to do unit unit measurement uh, management and um, you once you kill the opposite, you know, the opposing commander, you win. Yes. That's basically it. Um, the commander also has a very powerful gun. Uh, on his own that (laughs) takes a lot of energy to make Mm. um uh but he also has like little pew pew lasers um, oh you gotta have your pew pews you gotta have there's a lot of pew pews in this game there's also a lot of like um slower traveling projectiles too a lot Uh of plasma (laughs) a lot of like a lot of um uh, uh like gunboats machine guns um eventually in one of the uh, they had like a they have a giant Krogoth uh, thing, which was like a kind of like a just a massive robot that probably oh, stood wow. like way higher above everything else. But it took forever to build, and it was extremely extremely resource uh, heavy. So if you were able to do it, then you could do it, and it would really it could definitely change the uh, um, just like know, the the direction of your match essentially. Yeah, yeah, it could totally change like the course of whatever's happening. Um, I'm trying to come up with more stuff. My keyboard is not working. Why is that? Anyway. Um, I've got a question for you to start please, out. Please. The first question, I don't know if you had sort of teased this at all in our opening half, but do you remember how you even came to have this game? 
Yeah, um, it was uh, sitting at it was sitting at a local computer shop at the time where huh. you know we had just gotten the computer and my dad was like, I don't know, you got any fun games? Uh, this guy, <laughs> this guy Nick, he goes, you got any fun games? And he was like, you know what? I heard a lot of fun about this game, Total Annihilation. And he gave me the box, and I remember it to this day. Seeing, remember like, you remember how like computer games would come in like the cereal box sized box? Oh, I love the big the big boxes. The yes. big box, yeah, yeah. Um, now they don't even make box anymore. But uh, uh, it was like they have. Um, I remember that cover so well, and it had like I think like an open like an, a door that you would open. And it would just be so yes. Cool. Looking at all these little guys, they just look so cool. Uh, <laughs> and so I remember, I remember, um, I remember booting it up, and I remember like the uh, when you're at the startup screen, it would make like a hum, like a very low. Oh. Um, like a very foreboding, like humming, oh. you know, noise, uh, and then you would click through, and it would be like kind of like a very like a lot of wrought iron and and a lot of steel and very rigid, and um, the soundtrack was fantastic, also. And as an Easter egg, it turns out that you could take the disc and put it in your disc band, and it would play the soundtrack for you too. Whoa! Okay, <laughs> yeah, cool. which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, really, really nice epic orchestral uh, music. Um, just a lot of a lot of a lot of great stuff. Oh, I had a pretty cool opening. Um, I had a pretty cool opening uh, sequence too. Yes, I don't know if you, you I, that has to be on on on. It's someplace. I booted up a couple of like uh, well, one like sort of a retrospective, and then also like a long play. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, but what yeah. do you yes. remember about it? Uh, I remember like the like the very epic guy being like what 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 was what was once a, a brutal war between like he was just yes. doing like you know <laughs> truly like, a little like bit of narration a little bit of narration it was between the arm and the core there were two there were two factions but like there really wasn't as far as I can remember any clear delineation between the two of them they just kind of like one one group looked like this and then another group looked like that and they yes. all had units that kind of counteracted each other um pretty pretty easily uh and then the thing that really the thing that really got me going on it was the fan um i don't know if this is like an open ai thing or anything like that but it turns out that all of the units that you could have in that game that came with natively with the game they they let the fan community make even more units that's so cool there were so many different groups out there that all worked together that oh. all had these like amazing cool ideas to- some stuff that was like totally different had different names they had like the little icon when you would click on the picture like sometimes it would look like it belonged in the game sometimes mm-hmm. it kind of didn't and and it was like you could really get under the hood of this game and like really figure out how you want to manage yeah. how you want to manage your experience of the game and that was really what it was all about for me at the end it That's wasn't really cool finding cheat codes or anything like that it was more like find you know just having like a really cool arsenal that was uh sort of community uh yeah. based and mixed in like they really did embrace that which you know i mean that 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 says that i think something is like kind of lost these days you know um i think there's a lot to that as 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 you've been talking about it i've been reminded of other games from the past and there i'm sure there are still you know certain games that allow for a, a, a like a 
what I would describe as an extreme amount of fan contribution uh, to their games, but it definitely, I don't, it, it seems like more of a thing of the past. I remember yeah. hearing someone talk about like the Doom series was really famous for this. The Half-Life modding series, uh, like communities were huge. And so it's it's really cool to hear that too, that that was something you ended up enjoying a lot because yeah. it's like the fans and the game were pumping love back to each other. So it was almost like a cycle of... It was totally a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And it really, and it really, really went on for like a, a, a few years. Um, did you ever like fiddle with this too? Or were you more just enjoying what other people were making? I never, I never made, I, I never had anything that I would design. I don't think. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe, but I was always, pardon me. I was always like really, um, really curious to see what other, what other groups were making. And, and there were, the, I, I had my own, I had my guys, like I had, yes. I had, uh, my, my favorites, um, that I'm trying to remember right now. Uh, like, are I'll... you talking creators or like units? Yeah. Units and creators. Oh, um, but wow. like, yeah, I always made sure I always made sure that I had like this, like this fan group unit, um, you know, they, like they would throw, I don't know, 14 of their best units that they made into like a zip drive. And then you could just like, you know, go into the go into the computer and just throw all those files in there and oh. boom, they would it, they would magically appear in the game. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. Were is this a game? Because I I don't off the top of my head I actually can't remember what its online capabilities were like. But is this something you would play against the computer in a campaign? Were you playing online computer. matches as well? Yeah, it was all AI. Yeah, and I okay. believe th- I, I believe they ended up um, also uh, doing AI fixes too. Like you could play you could play uh, you could download a, like a more aggressive AI file, and they would like. Maybe that was maybe yeah. Oh yeah, you know there was you had you had nukes also. Oh uh, yes, you had, you had, yeah, you had nukes in this game, and I think there there was one that would just be like we're we're going nuclear, we're going nuclear, <laughs> Every, like whatever whatever way. Uh, and damn, they would throw a lot of nukes at you, and so you really had to be like on your defensive too, yeah, um, in order to keep everything going. Was there you know like as far as the like in the gameplay itself? Uh, being someone that had played a bunch of RTS games of the era, were there like was there an element of this one that uh, sticks out to you to this day? An element of RTS of of like the gameplay from this particular game that made it stand out at all, uh, or even just different from the other ones you had played. Well, before you had the Zerg Rush in StarCraft, <laughs> you had you had the Pee Wee Rush in Total Annihilation. <laughs> You, they so had they got pew pews uh, and pee wees. They had pee yeah. Who, they had pee wees okay. who would pew pew yeah. Wow. Um, they, their little their little thing is apparently they they were just you know like your very starting unit, but they would have like a uh, um, they would have like the rapid fire SMGs as like their hands, so they would just like pew 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 pew. You know, oh wow! Like uh, do that. Um, it's actually on. It's if you watched the the intro to the game itself, it's that part where like this one unit just could just starts going like nuts shooting something. Yeah, that's the peewee, and that's like they're very easily destroyed. But if you get a lot of them, they could really do some damage. Yes. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, do you remember like? Any particularly, and I know sometimes asking specific questions about games we played as kids, uh, it can be hard to reach back, so no pressure. But do you remember any, you mentioned the nuclear mission, but like any other missions or like moments playing the game 
that like were particularly memorable? I, I uh, so the maps that you could play on were different terrains, and um, some of them were natural, like like water and land, or some of them were like on a moon, or some of them had like gas, like gas geothermal vents that you could put plants on top of to create energy, oh. and some of them were totally made of metal as well. Yes, so, I like, saw a bunch of those in this video. Yeah, so so the metal ones were cool because like you can put a metal extractor down like on one of the normal like water and land maps like there would just be like an ore deposit that would look mm-hmm. like kind of like a silver little like splash on the ground. You would build a, a metal extractor on top of that and that would spin and and generate metal for you. But here you could on these metal maps the ground is metal, so you could just <laughs> plop down you could plop down metal extractors of any size anywhere and you can have them all like in a row and they would all look like all nice and neat how they were. Uh-huh. <laughs> they would all look like you know like a very very organized of course the the computer never did that that would always just like they would always just like you know have everything as a mess but yes uh, oh i i was very organized uh, that's and, really uh, fun it's, it sounds like there were a lot of ways to uh i mean you even hearing you talk about destiny too and like the ways that you sort of, for lack of a better term, min-max like your way through that game and find fits and learn the systems. It seems like this is something you were doing back then too. Yes, it definitely. Uh, yes, I'm learning a lot about myself as we yeah. record this because I mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing that I do love about Destiny Two is like, and it, it is kind of a knock on it uh, in a way, and it does get tiresome. But but um, it's basically like uh, it's a it's a first person shooter, uh, it, or rather, it's a uh, it's an item management game with the yeah. first person shooter uh, aspect to it. You know, um, <laughs> this is this is sort of the same thing. Like you could really just do whatever you want. That's cool. Uh, gosh, there's. Um, th- do you remember anything that uh, like looking? We had someone actually hop in the chat and ask a question. Game Pass Amazing. Mike uh, actually just said Total Annihilation has a very distinct 3D look. That was something yes. that like stood out to me. Uh, watching videos about it was not only how of the times it looked, but how uh, there was like a certain fondness of my heart that reached out to the sort of pseudo 3D graphics. Um, yeah, the, and the and the sound too. The sound, the 3D, oh. uh, the 3D sound is apparently was apparently part of it. Um, you know, I don't know how in depth that was. I mean, that could have just been marketing for all I know. But yeah, um, as far as like the engine goes, like there was, you know, you did have like. You had like shadows, like angles of shadows, like on the ground. So yes, you'd be looking like as you know mm. from a bird's eye view on top of everything. But like you would essentially get like, I don't know. It would it would sort of create that like sense of sprawl. Yes, um, in, in one direction. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really appealing look. And I was like, oh, it's so 1997 in the way that I love. Uh, yeah, there were light sources. There was wind. There was wind directions. Um, there were you know yeah, like I said, like different. Um, and like the, like the geothermal vents, like they, like when you found them naturally, they would like kind of like poof smoke, but like they, those plumes of smoke would go or steam, I guess would go Mm. in the direction of whatever the wind is. And if you were, had a wind generator that was spinning and, and generating energy that too, it would all work in tandem. So like, yeah, I mean, it was definitely it, it looking back, I mean, you had the potential to like really blow up a computer by like <laughs> having all of that all of that stuff happening at once and it just didn't happen the game the game for the most part ran so smoothly um it really wasn't until you put um those like third party units in mm-hmm. there that like it started to kind of you know the spaghetti code started to <laughs> turn, yes. started to occur 
Oh, that's so good. Um, I, I want to dive into a little more of like the context from your life uh, when you would have been playing this game. And I want to start with um, learning about the setup of where you had this family computer. So if you would, wouldn't mind scene painting for me, what this room was like, any detail oh you still have. I'd be happy to. Okay. So this was in our family den. Um, this was just what we called it. It was an old, old house, mm-hmm. and a Rhode lot Island. of time in Rhode Island. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Um, gray, uh, like a wolf gray carpet, uh, and it was uh, it. The computer was put on a table, hmm. which I have currently. Oh my goodness! It, it is a. Um, it is a ten. I think it's about ten feet long. It is a vintage handmade table uh, oh. from. Uh, New Hampshire that my uncle had made in like I don't know the 60s or something like that it is extremely heavy wow um uh and it can only be assembled in one way I had I this table the, the this table was in this room it was here for a while I've since oh disassembled it and it's actually in my kitchen right now <laughs> um it's extremely cumbersome to 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 move around but it was sitting on that table along with the printer the the CD player the amplifiers you know all of that yeah. stuff maybe like a television or i think there was like a small s- small blue uh television like a i don't know 12 inch screen yeah. <laughs> on that next to it i remember watching i remember watching uh john lester's uh no hitter against the kansas city royals oh my uh, goodness on that television wow. yeah yeah um on that and uh yeah, that was basically it. Um, had like a really musty smell. I mean, it was yeah. an old house. Uh, you um, said you, you described the carpet. Was this like uh, in? Was the den in the basement? Was it in the middle floor? Like it was. The, it was on the second floor. Uh, it was on. It, so you would walk up the stairs, and it would be. It would be immediately to your right, and then uh, you would turn right. There would be a, 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 a like a, a guest room and a closet on one end of the hallway. Uh, and then immediately on the other side, to the right of that, or the left of that, I guess, would be this this room, and it would have a spot like a staircase that would go up to to an attic area mm-hmm. that was just filled with shit, just yeah. absolute <laughs> crap, a total just a total you know crap room, um, you know, lots of spiders, lots of like dust and, and yes, yeah, just not it, a lot of uh, uh, activity up there going on uh, yeah. in that room. Well. No. Um, gosh, thank you for scene painting that. There's something about like seeing a computer, not on a desk, but like a table that does elicit like such a, like a response from me or like, I've seen that at people's mm-hmm. houses. Uh, I dream about that. I, I can sit, I sit, I see it so easily in, in my mind's eye and I dream about this all the time. I dream about this house all the time. Just mm-hmm. all of a sudden I have the same dreams I'm back in, I probably, I think I might have had one. I had one before I woke up for before this. Oh my uh, gosh. I'm just remembering now. Yeah. I'm sitting back in that room. I'm sitting or somewhere in the house. And I'm, it, the, the dream is always, I'm back at the house as myself today, as, mm. as, as, a, as a guy now. But I'm back in the house. And we did have bird feeders uh, uh, growing up. So that too was like a formative uh-huh. part of it. But now in my dreams, all of these birds that I have never seen before are coming to the bird feeders and like our joy <laughs> all start to come out and I just start to see and I'm like, oh my God, it's it's all happening. Like it's such a yes. like, joyous, it's such a joyous dream. Um, 
Oh, that's great. I was I yeah. just for some reason expected that to be like it's a dark dream and then there's a there's a like a ghost in the house or something, but that was so pleasant. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they are very they are very pleasant dreams in a way and then, you know, you do have like the wake up of feeling like, "Oh, that is a feeling I will never get back in my life." Yeah, <laughs> that, that I will never get. Um uh, not, we don't have to dive into this too much, but uh, is your family not uh, in that house anymore? No, they sold the house and they mo- they moved to Florida. So the house okay, is, gotcha. has been yeah. So it uh, they've been there. They've lived there full time for oh Jesus, oh, well over ten years now. It's wow. been a long, long time. So yeah, that house has been. It's changed hands. Um, I've only been back to my hometown since moving to. Since, I've been in L.A. for nine years now, and I've only been back maybe two or three times since. Okay. In that gotcha. span, because my family isn't there, I, I already come from a small family to begin with, and I'm an only child. So there's mm-hmm. really nobody that I can go see other than maybe just like a couple friends here and there. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But, I mean, yeah. even like, gosh, I my family lives in the town I grew up in, and it's five hours from here on a drive, which is not much. And I also don't go back very often. So especially if yeah. they didn't live there, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really, it was, an, it was a fun little, a fun little town, I guess. Um, you know, what was the town again? Sorry. It's, you know, it's okay. It's, uh, it, it's Westerly. Westerly, Rhode Island is the name of it. So Westerly. it's right. Yeah. So it's a, you know, it was right on the, right on the water ish area, right on the line of Connecticut and Rhode Island. I, okay. I could see Connecticut very easily from my house. It was just a quick walk away. Um, It's really hopping now from what I hear. Like I grew up in a time when it was really kind of like, like maybe not a lot was going on, but now it is like, it is really, really banging as far as like a beach town goes. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Um, It's really nice to see. Speaking of that time when you, when you would have been playing this game, you know, in Westerly, um, when you think back, do you have any memories, like broad or specific, about your life from that time? And it could be game related or not. Like what little Loring was doing at that time. Oh my God, I had tons. I mean, you know, I mostly would play that game um, during like my. So my my dad had a poker group growing up. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it was mostly on Thursdays, and they were sort of like rotate who would host the poker nights. So either like Thursday nights, he would just not be home, um, and it would just be me and my mom, and I would like watch must see TV and mm-hmm. get get friends and just shoot me and Fraser and whatever mm. iteration of that that Seinfeld whatever whatever iteration of that lineup. And then the next day was Friday, and oh, oh. baby, it just it just such a distinct sense memory. I cannot put it into words other than just like saying the facts. But that speaking just, of just, like. A last day of school of sorts is like f- the f- day before the weekend. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have a theory about like that was that might have been why Thursday night television was such like appointment viewing for the week uh, in the nineties, um, especially for comedies because it was like that joyous thing of like uh, we'll just put people to bed and then when they wake up it'll be Friday and that's yeah. already just a fun day. Yes. Uh, to begin with. That's so uh, good. Yeah. Um, But man, I just, I remember like whether I was sick with like a cold, uh, home for the day from school or uh, was up, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock listening to uh, the the guys from the poker group downstairs laughing and shooting the shit and having a good time and having there be... um, you know, we we would cook. You know, for them, they would be like, I don't know, like pork or whatever. Just like the <laughs> smell of food and like this game, yeah. and hearing like hearing just guys like a bunch of like just a bunch of like Italian guys, like, you know, just doing all yes. that. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Uh, 
That's so funny. Um, yeah. Do you remember, like, like at that time as well, like, what you would have been doing, whether it's, like, a grade you were in or activities that you were up to or just, like, uh, any anything like that I'm just curious about? I mean, I remember, yeah, I mean, I went to, I went to a Catholic, I went to Catholic school basically from, from kindergarten to, to grade oh, gotcha. 12. Um, I did like, I did like, uh, like a hat, the, uh, my mom, my mom worked at our local school department and I think she, the theory is, is that she kind of got sick and tired of hearing about how annoying I was from like her <laughs> peers. So she just was like, just go here. I can't, I yeah. can't do this. I, I cannot. Um, so they, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have you know very distinct memories of it oh and this just jumped into my head yes um i had a classmate who also knew about total annihilation oh and once i found out about that that was the one thing that i could talk to this guy this kid about because <laughs> i had nothing in common with him otherwise <laughs> Uh, That's very so very good. Qu- very very quiet, but like he knew that if he needed to talk about total annihilation, he would come to me because I was the only person. Yes. I was the only person that 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 uh, that knew about that. That's so good. Do you remember this person's first name? If you I do, want indeed. To share it? I do indeed. I do indeed. I, I remember his first and his last name. I went to a very small school, so uh, you know we we basically kept in touch with everybody yes. with, in our graduating class. Uh, yes, his name was Nathan. Nathan, um, I just a name to a person. That's so yeah. good. Yes, his name was Nathan. He had blonde hair. Mm-hmm. He had these. He had these very. He had thicker glasses than me, if you can believe mm-hmm. it. But they were like <laughs> square with like the two bridge, like almost like the almost like the glasses that I wear now that yeah. uh, that aren't these, but like. You could tell, like at the time, like he was like, "Oh, I don't want to wear these," and his parents were like, "You have to wear them." Like it was like yes. that sort of thing. Yeah. So, go ahead. Sorry, I think you were going to continue. Well, the the thing about the thing about this 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 kid, this poor kid, was, and I and I, if he's out there, man, I, I hope he's doing good. But uh, 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 there was a family haircut that they had. <laughs> a family haircut. Okay, yeah. now we're talking. Yeah, it was like. He had really like long blonde hair, but it was like basically like a mushroom. It yes. was like a bowl mushroom, sort of bowl. That would, yeah, that would kind of like taper down. <laughs> that would like taper down like their, the back of their neck. We were not allowed to. The boys were not allowed to have long hair um, yes. at this school. So so it would go about as far as it could. Uh, but he had an older brother that was like a few years. He had the same exact haircut and and maybe like a little darker blonde hair. And then mm-hmm. the father had the same the same glasses and the same haircut. Oh it my was just gosh. pepper it was just pepper gray. That's it. And I think wow. the mom the mom I don't remember seeing the mom too too much only yeah. because she didn't stick out because she didn't have that haircut. But <laughs> She's it like was not it, for me boys. Yeah. It, I don't know what the I don't know what the story was with that family dynamic. I hope I looking back I hope everything was cool. Yeah. And for, as know? far like for you that was just like the only thing you two really had in common. So that was your one middle ground to Talk yeah, about. because I was yeah. talking because I was talking to the haircut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you, how, what you what do you got to say to the haircut? What could you possibly have a conversation with a haircut kid? Yeah, about? almost like are you saying that like it was almost like what he was known for, sort of? Absolutely, he was gotcha. brilliant. He was top of he was one of the top of the class. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody, nobody. As far as I could remember, nobody really disliked him. They mm-hmm. probably were afraid of how powerful his brain was. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, he probably he could probably like pulse his his haircut, and you'd like, like, <laughs> and you'd like fall over, you know. Looking back, 
Hence <laughs> total back. annihilation. H- yes, yeah, that's the real annihilation is when the a, a blood vessel in your brain bursts. <laughs> yes. Um, but wow. uh, yeah, he wasn't. He he uh, was not one of the popular kids. I mean, nor was I by any means. I um I was just like the the fat guy that everybody could just like joke with. Hmm. So that worked for me. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't really have a lot of like bullies or like people, you know, beating people up, although there, you know, there certainly was that time to time. But yeah. um, Yeah. So he was perfectly fine. I I, I hope he's doing I hope he's doing okay. Gotcha. Um, Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And that like connect. I'm I'm so glad we got this connection. Yeah, uh, I am too. With Nathan. That's so great. Um, Well, as we sort of wrap up this discussion. Um, is there anything you haven't shared about uh, Total Annihilation or this time that you'd like to get out? Well, 1997 turned out to be like a really formative year for me uh, because oh, wow. th- that was uh, I'm a huge Radiohead fan, and that was the year that OK Computer came out around. Ah, um, oh, congratulations! Around then. Yeah, yeah, 1997 as well. I mean, let's see, box office 1997. What are we looking at here? Oh, you is know? that is that Titanic? You know it. it Men in Black. We're talking Liar Black. Liar. We're talking Air Force One. We're talking uh, uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. Face Off, dude. Uh, Con Air. George of the Jungle. Her- I mean, it just goes. The truly, the list goes on and on. Scream. Yeah. Okay. Scream, w- Scream and Scream Two. That's interesting. I don't. Wow. I don't. Maybe movie heads would know that that was a quick turnaround. I don't know. Uh, oh, dude, The Fifth Element. My favorite movie ever. The Fifth Element. My that no absolute yes. Bro, I'm telling you right now, The Fifth Element, my favorite movie. Yes, that was the other one. That was the oh other thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so we're talking we're talking OK Computer, we're talking Total Annihilation, we're talking The Fifth Element. We're talking I mean, the haircut. We're talking haircut, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, 1997 and around that time Dunkin Donuts launched the Culotta too. So, you know, what a time to be alive. Gosh, no wonder you like the, it's it's not no wonder, but like I love that this game you have such fondness for also is wrapped up in just like such a good time for you almost. Yeah, because it's not peaked, always the case on the show. I'm learning that I peaked in 1997, and uh, <laughs> you know what? I I I'm not mad about it. Hey, maybe you had the most like goodness coming to you, but I I wouldn't say you peaked necessarily. Uh, I would. We're we're still on our way up, and I'm just gonna keep disagreeing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You're like, well, I guess I got to take his word for it. Um, well, Loring. As we do head out of this section, uh, will you do me a favor and just sort of put a bow on whatever place this game held for you at the time? Total Annihilation was anything but. It was the most formative experience that I had as a kid. It was, it taught me organization. It taught me conflict. It taught me resource management. But it also taught me that if you took a computer disc and you put it in your disc man, you might hear a soundtrack or you might break the damn thing. Who knows? (laughs) Well, that's great. Uh, Loring, thanks for wrapping that up for us and just sharing about 
total annihilation in general. We've got my some pleasure. fun segments, but thanks again for bringing it on. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, I I, I really do. Uh, if there's ever a moment that I get to like really share something that like not a lot of people know about, because I know mm-hmm. not a lot of people know about this game. Yes. And um, it, it's exciting to talk about it. It's just like before there was StarCraft, there was this. Yes. You know, it really, it truly was like that. So everything that people love about StarCraft, they would absolutely love about this game, I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Uh, before we go, though, I do have a couple of post-show segments prepared for you today. Uh, the first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And, Loring, that's just where I'm going to share a couple of fun facts with you about this game. Let's do it. Uh, I've got two for you today. Uh, the first of which I have titled, We Had to Put the Cave Dog Down. Uh, now this comes from, this is pulled from the Wikipedia article, but it was originally, it's also sourced from a Eurogamer article back in like 2001. Okay. Um, the closure of Cave Dog came as the game industry began to experience a downturn in sales to which the parent company, GT Interactive, was affected. Um, outside of the Total Annihilation franchise, Cave Dog had three other ambitious games in development at the time, but only this game and uh, the related uh, Kingdoms made it to the store shelves. And I actually don't know if the Kingdoms is like the some of the Kingdoms, DLC. Kingdoms was that that follow up that was like bow and expansion? arrow. Expansion, yeah, maybe more. No, it wasn't an expansion. It was a totally different oh, what concept. You were talking about, yeah, yeah, that was oh, that thing yes. that I mentioned before. So it was like more like trebuchets and catapults and like yes. and flaming arrows and stuff like that. But it was the same concept. That's I didn't. Cool. I never played Kingdoms because I like the future stuff. I the, yeah. the past stuff. I don't. I don't love. Uh, okay, because you're a man of the future. <laughs> we know that about you. That's um, true. I'm anyway, getting the, I'm getting the chip. Okay, huge. The, I thought you might yeah. be. Uh, and, and uncharacteristic, but I thought you might. Um, <laughs> uh, so those are the only two games that made it to the store shell uh, shelves. Uh, the unfinished products were uh, called Amen: The Awakening, which was apparently a first-person shooter. Uh, Elysium which was a fantasy adventure title and a game called Good and Evil, an adventure title from Ron Gilbert, who is the guy I was talking about a bunch who helped find this, found this company. Um, with GT Interactive spiraling into debt and no ship dates in sight, all three were discontinued by fall of 1999. Wow. And uh, lastly, GT Interactive was purchased by Info Infogrames and the Cave Dog label was discarded by Humongous Entertainment in 2000, so it was right. only it was around for like less than five years. The company, right? right. Um, oh, and uh, what could have been, huh? I know it's like well, uh, and I'll get into even more of like why they even spun off this company just to make this game. Uh, with our next fun fact, uh, which I have titled "Cave Dog Origins." Now, this um. There's a great YouTube video, which if I don't include – I'm going to try to include in the show notes. But if I don't, uh, people can look up. It's called Press Play TV. Uh, it's just – it's a very small YouTube channel. Uh, they had an interview with the game's director, Chris Taylor. Um, and here's what he had to say about the creation of Cave Dog. Uh, according to Chris Taylor, when developing Total Annihilation at Humongous Entertainment, the team realized that the brand of Humongous Entertainment as sort of like a children's focused – uh, like adventure game company was maybe not the best fit for this like war focused game that they were going to title total annihilation. <laughs> and so they planned to make this spinoff company uh, in order to sort of make their more adult focused games. Um, and they started brainstorming names. At one point, the name that they were fixated on was frozen yak, according to Chris Taylor. 
he describes in this video this whole like opening sort of just you know logos will have their own little like opening thing i think there's speaking of family guy a whole family guy bit about this um but how like I told oh, you not you to see, bring up my ex but go oh, i'm ahead. so sorry god i keep doing it uh like uh when you see like the dreamworks logo it's like oh you see the kid on the moon and whatever the little pixar had, lamp yeah yes they had their whole opening as well um it had a lot of momentum but then right before uh i don't know if it was some investors or who was coming to visit the studio that um that uh uh, what was his name? Uh, oh, that uh, Chris Taylor said he was in like a – as they continue to brainstorm, brainstorm a, a kick of naming a company's a thing plus an animal. And another one that he just came to the studio and pitched was Cave Dog, which yeah. is sort of how they get there. Um, and apparently one of the artists at the studio named Clayton went home, made a concept, made some music, and sort of slapped it up there. And then when Ron Gilbert, founder of the company – had visited the office, uh, he was like, hey, we need to pick one of these to be the company because time's a ticking. And he flips a coin, allegedly, specifically in this video, they say a penny. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll believe you. Um, and it just ended up landing on heads, which is why they were cave dog. More information than anybody needs, but... That's fascinating. Also, yeah. hard to flip a penny. Can we agree? It's a tiny coin. I, I never. I don't feel quite as confident as when I'm flipping a quarter. No, no, no. And don't quarter. get me started on dimes, Loring. No. Um. Well, I read your email f- to not. Bring well, up you, dimes, you said so you read I, my email. I read the email about dimes, and I wasn't going to do it. But I'm glad. <laughs> he keeps sending that to us. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for the fact me by your game segment. I will finally lead us into the last one, the game recommendations. Now, Loring, this is my one forced tie into the movie "Call Me by Your Name," where. I'm going to treat Total Annihilation like your army hammer, your passionate summer love that you met in Italy, but it's not going to work out romantically, so I'm going to try to connect you with a couple of flings to help you get over this heartbreak. How does that okay. sound? That sounds good. I, I, I'm i on the rebound, so let's go. Perfect. Now, I've, I've got three for you today, and the first is if you love – I mean I had no idea how uh, poignant this was going to be or how on the nose. If you love the year 1997 – I think we heard it uh, from the man himself. Uh, and you, instead of an RTS, you want to play a great action RPG from the year. I'll recommend the original Fallout to you. Oh, did you ever dabble with that back in the day? Yeah, no, I did not. No, mm-hmm. no, but uh, very interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've only ever played um, Fallout 3, which was like, by this point, a first-person shooter RPG. Right. Um, wow, so it goes back that far? It does. That's like crazy. Yes. Um, so Fallout is your first okay. recommendation. You're blowing um, my mind right now. Uh, the second recommendation, and I literally had this typed out this morning. I type out, okay, maybe I'm too fixated on 1997. <laughs> <laughs> and it's appropriate for the episode. Here's an artillery tactical game, uh, Worms 2. Have you ever played a game in the Worms franchise? Do you even know what this is? No. And but... it's not. It's okay if you don't. It's, it's this maybe silly... Because I was trying to find like a silly RTS. I couldn't find any silly RTSs. But this is another like artillery focused tactical game where you play as these teams of worms that all have these silly little personalities and different weapons. And you're basically just like trying to kill the other teams of worms. And you go one by one. Some of them have grenades. Some have like a shotgun. Others don't have – they have like a boomerang or something. But I was um, familiar – this sounds like Lero. Are you familiar with Lero? I'm not. How do you spell this that? Is, 
L E I R O maybe or L I E R O. It's like not Lero game. Lero official website. I'm wondering if this is even gonna be the thing. Okay. It was a DOS. Yes, it was it's a from DOS the same. Game. It's from like 1998. <laughs> this might yeah. be very similar, actually. Um, Dude, that was amazing. A game that I totally forgot until just now. Ugh. So it just came up. It just came up. Anyway, we don't have to get into it now, but truly a whole other episode about Lero yes. could be could could be done. Oh, that's cool. Um, lastly, your final recommendation is if you've had a change of heart, Loring, instead of annihilating everything in total annihilation, you want to create life. Oh, you just okay. want to you want to create something instead. I'll recommend to you uh, the game Spore. Have you heard of Spore before? No, I don't think I have. Well, this is a game where you basically do exactly that. You create life, and you create all these, like, weird little organisms uh, as well. Um, And you sort of – let me see. It came out in 2008 originally. They call it a life simulation real-time strategy god game. So how about that? That's A real-time strategy god game. So, yeah, I guess – It allows the player to develop species from microscopic organisms to its evolution into complex creatures. So that's your final recommendation. Um, Okay. I think where where could I play that? Okay. Spore. Let's, in fact, I've got it up. Why don't I just look at what it's available on? Available on Windows and Mac OS. Let's go. Take that. SimCity 3000 Unlimited. You never came out for the Mac. You never, never had my, you never supported me. And Fake friends, man. I'm telling you. Spore is going to be the SimCity 3000 that wasn't. Um, Well, Loring, I'll wrap this up by recounting those. We had your recommendations today. Fallout, Worms 2, and Spore. That'll do it for the game recommendations, and that will bring us to the end of the podcast. So before we go, uh, thanks again for doing this, dude. I really appreciate you hopping on. It was great to have an excuse just to catch up a bit, too. Truly, truly. I I really, I mean, I I think the world of you. So, uh, you know, any uh, any excuse to to hang, I'm always happy to do that. Oh, two clips. I got a second clip. Oh, oh no, what have I done? (laughs) Well, thanks again. On your way out, I know we plugged some stuff up top. What do you want to plug? Where do you want the people to find you? Uh, yeah, you can, uh, you can find me on Instagram, loring.g. Um, as far as anything to plug, I mean, you know, coming off a strike, I don't know if there's much that I, uh, that I, cause I didn't really do a lot of work. So, uh, you know, you could have seen me out on the lines, uh, but, uh, thank God that's over for now. But, um, yeah, that's about all I got at the moment. Killer. Well, thanks again for being here. I'm going to go ahead and just close this out with a bunch of plugs of my own. Um, the first of which is that if you like this show you got to check out the cover art uh by our cover artist glenn j uh he's on instagram at glenn with two n's dot j-a-y where you can see his other great work um outside of just our podcast art uh the show is produced edited and the original music that you hear at the beginning of the show is done by jeremy schmidt you should check out his podcast as well video games a comedy show another podcast on this network i can be found all over the internet if you want to follow me uh, on Twitch, where I stream video games and also these podcast episodes live, uh, I'm at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe uh, and on Blue Sky at Connor McCabe. Uh, and lastly, uh, I plugged it up top, but if you like me and the conversations I have with people about video games, you got to check out our Patreon. Uh, we've been doing this for uh, three and a half years at this point. 
Uh, and I also do a bonus monthly episode of this show where I have a group of people on. This is more of like, as you probably guessed from our, my chat with Loring, this is more of like an intimate like get to know you slash like what was your life like at the time? Uh, it's very cozy and warm. Um, we got into some game details, but the bonus I do, the co-op episodes, those are all uh, like really game focused. So I think coming out this month will be co-op episode 44. So there's 44 bonus episodes for you there. Um, yeah, again, a ton of more bonus crap there. There's plenty of tiers. You can find something that fits for you. Again, patreon.com slash super NPC radio. But that'll do it. For this episode of Call Me By Your Game, we will see you on the next one.